Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So everyone, welcome to another Power Pack episode. Today I have double board certified endocrinologist, Kenneth Rodriguez. And in past episodes, you've heard me talk about our hormones and how to impact our health and weight loss. But Kenneth and I got really deep into cortisol, the endocrine system, diabetes, leptin, and so much more. So hang on to your seat and get ready for this episode. Hey Ken, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing? Thanks for having me. Man, I'm great, I'm great. I'm really glad I got you on this episode. This is going to be awesome. Good. So Ken, I know a lot about you. I've been following you for a while, but tell my listeners about yourself and tell them about your qualifications. So I'm an endocrinologist. I did my med school back home in, in Puerto Rico, graduated there, was part of the Alpha Omega Alpha Honor Society, which was pretty, pretty cool there. Later on, then I moved to, to Orlando where I did my residency in internal medicine, completed that residency. I was a chief resident for the third year. Later on, moved to do endocrinology, diabetes, um, and metabolism and Tampa at USF. After that, I decided wanted to move back to Orlando. Um, so I joined a private group where six endocrinologists now um, were based off of Orlando and Maitland. We have a really broad population. It helps me you know, the fact that I'm bilingual because I can grasp a little bit more, you know, my population is a little bit bigger, but it's, it's been, it's been good. I mean, it's been, uh, I've been in practice now a little over five years in private practice, but it's been, it's been pretty good. Awesome. And, and alpha is cool no matter where you go, just to let you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to <laughs> shout out to all my alphas out there. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, I've been following your page for a while, and you post some um, some really good information that people don't know. Because one of the reasons I have this show is to explain to individuals that it may not be calories in versus calories out. You know, that plays right. an important part. Like I've seen you talk about diabetes and about you know, you know sometimes trainers say eat every three hours if you need to build muscle, but if you're right. diabetic, that may not be the case. Right. However, I know we're going to get into that a little bit later. So tell us, tell my listeners about the endocrine system. So um, endocrine system is one of the systems that is less known, I think, um, until you have an endocrine condition. So most people, you know, recognizes us like, okay, we're the diabetes doctor. So basically, and truly that's about half of what we do just because of the amount of people that have diabetes and that need, need our help. Um, but the endocrine system is pretty much an, an organ system that involves all the glands in the body that make hormones and hormones are made by certain glands and it's kind of sent into the blood towards the whole body. So it's a pretty important system. Uh, you know, we cannot live without it. It basically controls all the functions of your body. So if you think of a heartbeat, your lung, how you breathe, your muscles, brain, uh, your kidneys, all that is controlled by the endocrine system. So there are some main glands that people know about that are truly vital and one of the ones is the thyroid so a lot of people uh do have thyroid problems so that's kind of the second reason why uh 
you know, most people see us is apart from diabetes, thyroid problems, overactive thyroid, underactive thyroid. But we also deal with other things. Calcium imbalance is part of the endocrine system, low testosterone, menopause, problems with your pituitary gland, which controls uh, other glands. And the adrenal glands are another gland that is a vital gland that, you know, controls our cortisol levels, which is our stress hormone. So, so there's a lot to the endocrine system more so to than what people think is just diabetes or thyroid. Uh, and we do tend to do that. We try to put things in a, in a box, right? right? Whatever we can understand, this is what it is. But that's it's, right. it's, it's never that simple. It's always a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's great to have experts like yourself who we can go through, can break this down for us and tell us what we need to do. Now, this is a question I want to ask for the guys out there. Can you mention low testosterone? Right. And when guys want to you know, build muscle and feel healthier, also they want a higher testosterone levels, right? Uh-huh. So what are some factors that contribute to a low testosterone versus high testosterone level? I tell a lot of people about all the things that they should do to keep good testosterone levels. And I think the main one nowadays has, has been keeping a good weight. I think being overweight or being obese, um, that suppresses our testosterone. And, and it becomes a bad cycle. And the reason I say that is because as you get, as you gain fat tissue, your testosterone levels will be more suppressed. And the more suppressed your testosterone levels, then you maintain less muscle. So then your body composition is going to keep on getting worse and it's just going to make your testosterone even worse. So the biggest factor I think is going to be the weight. There are other things that come with that, uh, with weight comes sleep apnea, that is a problem that lowers testosterone. So that's another factor that contributes. The other factors are still important, but maybe not everybody has that issue, is either proper sleep, uh, proper amount of sleep and quality of sleep and nutrition. Exercise is the other one. Um, You know, a lot of people think of, you know, I'm gonna try to increase your your testosterone because I'm gonna run 10 miles and really, I tell people, you know, stimulate your muscles, do some strength training at least twice a week that actually stimulates testosterone production. So all those good lifestyle habits are, are good to have to, to promote good testosterone level. Oh, perfect. And I absolutely love that. And you know what? The one thing that always comes back to is sleep. I hear that no matter who I talk to and even my practice, quality sleep is important. Right. Um, I, I wrote an article that it's on my blog. It's called uh, How to Get Quality Sleep. And it talks about re- resetting your circadian rhythm and natural things that you can do to reset your circadian rhythm. What I actually need to add to that is uh, the alarm clock. The alarm clock seems to be one of, the, one of the worst things for us. And the reason why is because it jars us out of sleep when we're in, a lot of us are in the middle of REM sleep. Right. And that's the first stressor you, you, you expose yourself to when you get up every day. And right. you get disoriented and you're trying to figure out what's, the goal, what's going on. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. And yeah. you start off in a high cortisol mood. That's very true. Yeah. Mode. Yeah. So that's something that we, that's one of the things that we just don't, we don't think we do not pay attention to. And when we talk about, um, getting quality sleep. And guys, I recommend that you do read the article on my blog. I'll put it in the show notes. It's not about going to sleep and waking up. It's actually properly going through your REM cycles. Right. So you wake up feeling energized and ready to take on the day. Because if you have, if you don't properly go through your cycle and then you're, and it's constantly disrupted, you're going to wake up feeling like you got your butt kicked the night. Exactly. Before. Exactly. And, and that's a big problem, right? Uh, um, people think, okay, well, I got my eight hours of sleep. If it was eight hours of poor quality sleep, it's still not good. It's still not, uh, you know, the amount is not 
the only thing is also the quality and that interrupted sleep is going to be not restful. So exactly. And that's when your body, that's when nature does most of its work. That's when it reduces oxidative stress. That's when it, uh, it, it allows your muscles to heal. That's right. When it, it repairs tissues, your hormones. Right. Exactly. So without getting that like, seven, eight hours or whatever that may be for you, without getting good quality in that time frame, nature is not really doing its work. I mean, if you think about it, you know, for, for muscle and everything, we, our hormones are, we you know, we get a spike on growth hormone and we get a spike in testosterone um, very early morning when you're still sleeping, which is why, you know, normally guys start having uh, morning erections or uh, night erections. It's because your hormones are going up um, and that's the best time to recover from a workout. So I have to have a smile on my face because I never knew the answer. I never knew why. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I actually know. That, that is makes, it. That makes perfect sense. I'm not going to think about you and having an erection, though. Just exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's talk a bit because this is a weight management show, and people want to know more about how does hormones affect their metabolism. And it has a really tight role there. There's a really important role. So, you know, metabolism is kind of referring to how the things that we consume, like food and everything, how do we process that and turn it into energy? either energy that you're going to store or energy that you're going to use because our hormones deal with all our body functions. It's just strictly related, right? If you, if you have poor hormones, maybe your body won't function the right way. And if it doesn't function the right way, it's not going to break down things the right way. It's not going to produce energy the right way. Part of that is going to be like our, our basal metabolic rate, you know, that's controlled by our body and our hormones and it's part of our metabolism, right? So all that energy that you need just to survive is, is controlled by your hormones. It's really important to have all those in check. Um, you know, having problems, for example, with cortisol um, can lead to problems with weight gain and, and slow the metabolism. Um, having problems with your thyroid, either having low thyroid levels or high thyroid levels is going to affect your metabolism. So, so it's really, really important. And, and it's, you know, it's directly related to, to your metabolism. Awesome. You know, that's really true. I um, One of my practices is uh, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is I meditate. And um, I, I get my body into a restful state, my mind to restful state, then I start my day. As I'm working in the first hour or two, I actually go for a walk, usually 10, 15 minutes outside in the rising sun, because I wake up pretty early, like 5.30 or 6. Yeah. So it's to do with the rising sun, get some of that red light. I mean, sometimes they might see some of my neighbors, usually it's old ladies outside walking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they stop and talk to me every day, know me now. So some of them actually listen to the show. So if you are, hey, how you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, but I do that because it gets, it keeps my cortisol levels balanced. Right. And I think when it comes to cortisol, and it gets bastardized now in, 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 our, in our society, so, you know, cortisol, cortisol, weight gain. Cortisol is not a bad hormone. I want body right. to understand that. It's a hormone. It means it's needed. Right. But it's needed when it needs to be used. Exactly. If I'm in a dangerous situation, I need my cortisol levels to be higher. Exactly. Or you know what? If I'm at the gym lifting weights and I'm lifting heavy, I need my cortisol levels to be higher. Right. But when I'm trying to go to sleep, I don't need my cortisol levels exactly. to be high. And there's the reason why in nature, our cortisol levels are higher in the morning and peak during the day because that's when we're supposed to be more active. Exactly. And, and cortisol is, is a life-saving hormone. You cannot survive without cortisol. You cannot survive with too much either when it comes to medical problems, but it's true. And, and, you know, we're living a hectic lifestyle, right? We're always, um, on the go. So we're, our stress levels are probably higher than 
keep on adding new things to it to our life. And do we know those? Like I, I recently, I don't remember how long, but not too long, I did a post on how to keep your your cortisol levels under control, and that's one really good one. The meditation is a is going to be a good one. I'm actually doing the same thing you're doing in terms of I take like even three to five minutes every time I wake up to kind of do that. I kind of do a little bit of breathing exercises, kind of do it with my dog next to me, and it's going to become a habit, which is good. But there's a whole bunch of other things like you know. Uh, everything with the proper sleep, with proper exercise, all those things can help keep that cortisol where it should be. But but you're right. I mean, at night, it should be that your cortisol levels are at the lowest because you're not supposed to be stressed. You're supposed to be relaxing and, and kind of going to bed and not having to worry about things. And unfortunately, our lifestyle flips that for most of us, especially in the Western world, right? Right. It's, especially if we don't wake up well, of course, our levels are not set properly during the day, in the morning during the daytime. And then at night, because we're watching TV, we're exposed right. to all this fake blue light. UV light and the blue light, exactly. Yeah. I actually just purchased some more um, blue light blocking bulbs for my bathroom. Because that's the only light I have on at night, you know, and I wear my blue light block, uh, blockers at night as well. I, I, I try to stay away from electronics. Right. Um, I, I try to go to sleep naturally and uh, make sure I get my good seven, seven and a half hours and so on and so forth. But having those basic habits impacts us not just in weight, well, fat loss, but also in our overall health and our longevity sake. Exactly. So, yeah, there, there's a lot more to that. Like, and there's a lot more to just the weight. I mean, it, it's it's been shown that, you know, if you persistently have high cortisol levels, you have a higher risk of diabetes, you have a higher risk of heart disease. And you have a higher risk of other, you know, even mental problems in terms of anxiety and, and, and depression and other and other things. So so kind of having those under control can can keep you healthier. There's this commercial that's on, I think it's Advent Health, um, but the guy's just laughing. That's all it is. One of my, it's my favorite commercials. I love it. The guy's just laughing for like 15 minutes. Then it says uh, laughter can help lower your blood pressure. Yeah. And we don't realize that that is true by laughing and just, you know, enjoying yourself can help to lower your stress levels. And, uh, and that also plays an important part too with eating. People don't realize that the state in how we eat affects how our body metabolizes food. If you're mm -hmm. eating and you're in a rush, consistently in a rush and you're in a consistently high cortisol state, that it, it makes, it interrupts, it impedes digestion. Right. And also your body thinks that, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm in danger. I'm in danger. I'm running yeah. whatever's going on. Yeah. And they decide to hold on to that excess energy. So that's why walking post meals outside with your family, with your friends, or if you're by yourself, you know, just getting the fresh air and relaxing can aid in digestion yeah. and overall longevity. And, and, it, and it's good. I mean, uh, it's uh, one of the things that, like you're saying, we tend to do is, you know, either if we're working a lot or on the go, you're eating, but doing a thousand other things at the same time. So you're not even paying attention that you're eating. So, so, you know, it would be good to actually actually sit down and stare at your food and kind of look at what you're eating and taste it and kind of enjoy it. But most of the time, you know, if people are in this busy life, it's like they're in the computer or they're running to get something or they're eating in the car. Um, so that digestion process is not going to be as good. You're 100% right, my friend. All right. So um, what hormones are created by our fat cells and how do they impact our health? So fat cells... Um, not too long ago, we thought they were just nothing. They were just there to store the fat, you know? Um, it's not too long ago that they started discovering new hormones that were made by, by the fat cells. And they're still discovering some, and they've discovered some that we still have no idea what they're there for. Well, the, the first one that was discovered is the most that we know about is leptin. And leptin basically is a hormone that your fat cells make 
to kind of make you say, okay, you're not hungry anymore. It's uh, you're doing well, you don't need to eat. So there are some conditions even that have a deficiency in leptin. It's not a very common condition. And, and normally it's, it's diagnosed in kids because they start getting real overweight when they're very little and they just is nonstop eating. And it's because they don't have enough leptin. It's kind of the opposite that we have a hormone that is made in the small intestines that is the opposite. It's the hormone that actually causes hunger. But in this case, leptin is the one that tells you you're good. You don't need to keep on eating. There are other hormones that like adiponectin, resistin, omentin. There's a whole bunch of them, which some of them are related to insulin sensitivity, which is something really important, which uh, if they're not functioning properly, that's some of the things that can lead to, to diabetes. Some are related to inflammation and controlling inflammation. Plenty of hormones that the fat cells do. We still are kind of investigating that. There's no clear cut. They don't have all that defined yet. They're still working on new hormones. They don't know what they do. What are they there for? So the other important thing that the fat cells do, which is important if we go back to talking about the low testosterone, the fat cells have this enzyme, which is something that kind of changes one thing to another. And what it does is it actually will take testosterone and turn it into estrogen. Mm -hmm. So that is part of the reason why sometimes when you're overweight, you can have low testosterone and the more testosterone that's turned into estrogen because you have more fat cells that suppresses your own testosterone produ you know, production even more. So, so often we can see people that are overweight have higher estrogen levels and lower testosterone levels. So that's a really important function of the, of the fat cells. Right. Um, but I've, I've, I've heard of this term and it's called leptin insensitive. I'm not an expert on that. Can you maybe uh, expound on that a little bit? You know, there are some genetic conditions where, where you have leptin deficiency. Right. Your body doesn't produce leptin correctly. And then there's other times where, you know, you can have resistance or lack of sensitivity. Then it's almost like leptin is there, but not working. It's, it's non-functional. So it's, your body's not responding to it. But then that gets to an issue in terms of weight gain because you just can't stop eating. You're, you're always hungry. Even though you feel like your belly's gonna about to explode, you're hungry. So, so I think that's what they mean in terms of not being sensitive to leptin. Ah, that makes sense. And that could also play a role with how much, how much fat cells and the type of fat cells as well go brown versus white tissue right. to, to things that would make perfect sense. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about diabetes. Okay. We hint on it a little bit, but that's, uh, that's, one, that's one of the biggest illnesses in the United States. Even with right. COVID, it's been online health issues causing a big issue right now. Uh -huh. so, so tell us about um, why do diabetics tend to struggle with weight loss? That, there's multiple factors there. Sometimes we think, you know, uh, what's coming first? Is it the problem with the metabolism? Is it the weight? Is it the diabetes? So we know that gaining weight puts you at a higher risk of getting diabetes. People with diabetes have insulin resistance. And what that means is when your sugars go high, your body is needing to make a lot more insulin than normal to try to get those sugars down. And insulin is an anabolic hormone. So, and what that means is it actually builds and builds could be build muscle and it could be build fat. So when somebody's making a lot of insulin, then it could be storing more fat as well. The same thing happens if the person is already on insulin or they're starting insulin or they're starting some medications that cause weight gain that's another barrier for them to, to kind of lose weight. So they struggle 
in those ways. The high sugars and the insulin resistance, so the fact that the insulin is not doing its job correctly, it makes your body think that there's no sugar. So your sugar levels could be really high, but it's almost like your body's not seeing it. So your body thinks we need more energy and then it makes you hungrier so you eat more. That eating more then can lead to a, a more weight gain. So all that are, is, is part of it. I mean, of course, habits that initially people had in terms of uh, you know gaining weight because of the calories in, calories out, and the types of food that they're eating, the lack of fiber, protein, and too little water intake, all that plays a role in terms of you know the problems with diabetes. But, but one of the main reasons is that insulin resistance. Ah, that makes sense. And I have a client, Randy. He listens to my podcast, so shout out, Randy. Um, but uh, he, he's, he's, he's type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, he's been struggling to lose weight forever. And once he's re- he started losing weight in the beginning, and then he plateaued, and we'll tr- make a couple changes, and he will break through that plateau. But what seemed to be for him, he was on metformin and also on insulin. And what the correlation was, as, his, as, he, as he drops his dosage of his insulin that he's taking, the weight will, fall, will follow with, along with it. The thing is, because he's, been, he's in his 60s and he's been diabetic for a while, I can't say to him, okay, stop taking your medicine, right? right? So it's more of a control of what he eats, eating more complex carbs, staying hydrated, eating right. good sources of protein, getting good, um, good fish, get, you know, getting, getting the things that your body needs to heal your metabolism. And, you know, even throws in a little bit intermittent fasting from time to time. He can't fast the way that I do because of his medical condition. Yeah. But he tries to throw some fasting in as well. And he does see and feel those differences. And, of course, he works out in different ways because I build his training around that too. But it's connected to his medicine. As his, as his doses drops, I think he was taking 72 a, per, a day of insulin. Now uh-huh. he's taking 36. He's cut yeah. in half in about a year. It, it, it makes a huge difference, you know. Um, that's one of the barriers that we get and and it's like uh there's this mindset of you know i'd rather not do the right things and just give me a pill so i can do all the unhealthy things but in reality when you make lifestyle changes are significant you're gonna do a whole lot better you're gonna be on a lot less medication a lot less insulin you may get off of insulin depending on where where you're at with your diabetes so it, it goes a long way. There's no medicine that's going to be better than, than proper nutrition, proper exercise routine, their, you know, weight management, all that, you know, is by far better than any medicine. Exactly. I agree. And that's what I, as I talk to people and then people experience these changes and my clients do, they start to realize that, wow, I feel like Randy or any of my other clients say, I feel 20 years younger. You know, the energy level that I have, and, right. you know, and I wish I started this 20 years ago, yeah. <laughs> you know, so yeah, and then, you know, the lifestyle changes make a difference because with, with medicine, and of course, we need medicine, I'm talking to a doctor mm-hmm. around here, right, mm-hmm. so we need yeah. medicine, but it, mo- most medicines are not, are, not, are not built for you to be on them forever, right. it, it's what am I going to do in the meantime to, to get myself off it, but this is going to stabilize yeah. me accordingly, right. Yeah, there, there are certain conditions that you say, well, okay, you need it, you need it, it's lifelong. But there are other conditions that could be, it could be a temporary thing until you get everything squared. I have a lot of people that, I, you know, hopefully I motivate enough that they start making good lifestyle changes. Little by little, we say, how about we stop this? How about we stop that? And, you know, next thing you know, in about a year, they could be off of medication and they could be doing well. 
it does take motivation and work. It's not something that's going to be easy, which is one of the barriers that, you know, most people get. It's like, oh, well, I don't want to do this or I don't, I'd rather eat like this or that. But it, it's, it makes a huge impact in your health. And, and eventually when you get to that, people don't regret it. They don't say, oh, you know, you know I don't like being healthy. You know, it's like I, I, they feel good. They, they do better. Energy wise, they do better. So, so it makes huge changes. Just it, it's not only the medical conditions, it's your general health. Exactly. And that's why I have a three-prong th- three approach to everything that I do. I look at the, uh, the scientific studies. I look at ancestral living. How did my ancestors or your ancestors do this before? And also how it makes you feel. And I put that together in any decision that I make. Because we can't, we can't, take, we can't take away just any part of that. Scientific studies have been wrong before. It depends on right. who conducts it. You know, we all, but we also have to look at, okay, does it make me feel better? Do I have better energy? Do right. I, am I going about my day better? Is my mind sharper? I mean, you right. can't ignore those things. Like I've had clients that text me after a couple of weeks and say, I can get out of bed so much easier now. Right, wow, right. Amazing. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Right. You know, he didn't drop 100 pounds in two weeks, but he has more energy to do the right. things he does, right? Exactly, exactly. So it's, uh, you know, they have better quality of life. So, so I have people that I tell them, you know, drop the regular sodas and they just stop that. And then suddenly they say, wow, I, I didn't know that was making me feel this way or that way. And it was dragging me. Now I feel like I could do a whole bunch of other things. And it's not until you do it that you kind of realize how much it was hurting you. Exactly. And that's it's not, it's not until, sometimes it's hard for me to explain things to someone, but when they ex- experience it, they're like, where was this all my exactly. life? <laughs> Why didn't I try it earlier? Right. So let me ask you this, talking, because I know you work out and we've talked about that in the past. When, when do you think is the best time to eat simple sugars if you need to? In, in my opinion, before or post workout, because insulin sensitivity, since I can't talk right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sensitivity. Sensitivity. Yeah. But what's, what's your opinion? I mean, I try to keep simple sugars to not the added sugars, but the like more like fruits and things like that, that are, are more nutritious. But I do tend to do that too. And, and I've seen some studies that benefit, some don't. So it's not 100%. It's kind of what we're saying about, you know, not all the studies are going to be made the same way or have the same results. But I do tend to do that. I do, do tend to either, if I haven't eaten a little bit, I, I'll do like 100 calories of you know, eat an apple or a banana or something like that, pre-workout or post-workout. You know, I think at that time, your body's using more of that and it's needing more energy and everything. So it's less likely, uh, you know, in my mind to to kind of use it in other ways. But but in reality, you know, sometimes you do moderation and everything. You could do it at any time of the day. But, but I personally do the same thing that you do. Like I kind of try to do it. Uh, I feel like it's like, okay, this is where my body would use it the best. Ah, that makes sense. That, that makes perfect sense. So right. give us a connection between thyroid disease and diabetes. So when we talk about thyroid and diabetes, there are, there's different relationships there. There are different connections. The most known is usually happens with type 1 diabetes. And now type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes are very different things. They're both high sugars, but they're, the, the reasons that it happens is totally different. But in the terms of type 1, people that have type 1 diabetes, it's an autoimmune condition. So it's a condition where your body's attacking a part of you. And the case of type 1 is the pancreas. When somebody has an autoimmune condition, you have a much higher chance of having a second one. And the most common thyroid problem is hypothyroidism, or low thyroid levels, which is caused by an autoimmune condition. So, so people that have type 1 diabetes are a 
a higher risk to develop or have Hashimoto's disease, which then leads to, to hypothyroidism. In terms of the type 2 diabetes, it, there's a lot, a lot of uh, uncertainty. There's some studies that suggest that people that have type 2 have a little bit of a higher risk of getting uh, thyroid problems. It's more clear-cut the other way around. So people that have hypothyroidism or low thyroid levels actually have an increased risk of type 2, and that's a little bit better known. But from type 2 to, to thyroid issues, it's a little bit less clear. So thyroid conditions by themselves can affect your sugars, even if you don't have diabetes. So when you have an overactive thyroid, for example, um, your sugars actually could be higher. When you have an underactive thyroid, your sugars could be normal, it could be a little bit lower, and that, that varies a little bit more. But, but each one can affect the other. So it sounds like to me that really managing your hormones and managing sugar seem to go hand in hand. Of course. All right, that makes perfect sense. So if, if one is out of, because if once your hormones, it's kind of like a car, right? Once one thing is out of whack, it throws everything else off. Exactly. So let's talk about some of the foods that we eat on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. What are some foods that you tend to have hidden sugars and how can you teach us to kind of learn how to recognize them? So the biggest thing I'm, uh, I'm very pro- learning how to read late. It's surprising because I bring it up to a lot of my people that have diabetes or trying to lose weight. And, and a lot of people don't know how to read those labels. They don't know what serving size. They don't know how to look for carbohydrates, sugar, added sugars. And I say, you know, if you can go with the least amount of added sugars, that would be the best. And of course you get that below the section of carbohydrates there under the section of carbohydrates. One of the things is a lot of sugar is added to things that you might think don't have it and and there's things like sauces like tomato sauce or ketchup or uh salad dressings all those things they may have added sugars that, that that are not healthy other things a lot of cereals a lot of cereals that are even promoted as healthy if you kind of read the nutrition label and you say whoa you know they added a whole bunch of sugar here it's like oh yeah but you know you also have whole wheat and it's like okay but it's almost like you're trying to I don't know. It's uh, it's like you're eating a bacon cheeseburger, but but uh, hey, at least the bread is 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 whole wheat. So, uh, <laughs> so it's kind of counterintuitive if you want to be healthy. And other things like sports drinks, energy drinks, all those that people don't think about it. It you know they some a lot of them have sugar. So some people buy almond milk, and almond milk it could be healthy, but some of them are flavored. And when you look in the back. It's, it's all added sugars to give it that flavor. Uh, yogurt, yogurt is another one. People think of yogurt as healthy, and it is. As long as you get the right one, you know, the most popular yogurts are the really great tasting and have 170 calories, but they have like 20, 20 something grams of added sugar. So read the labels. I mean, that's, that's gonna be key, educating yourself. You know, you could ask a coach, you could ask a dietitian, a nutritionist, a doctor to show you how to do that so you can be more educated and make better decisions. You know, a tricky thing that I was reading not too long ago is, is how companies hide the fact that they have added sugars by masking that sugar name. There's some posts on Instagram that it's like, okay, well, these are the 60 names of sugar. And almost they kind of decorate it so you don't think that you're getting an unhealthy product. You know, the classic one is high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup, fructose, sucrose, dextrose, you know, the fact that they put their fruit concentrate and you think, oh, good, it says fruit, so it should be a good. When, it, when in that sense, fruit concentrates are 
you know, purely trigger molasses, agave. So there's a lot of, of wording that they use to kind of hide the fact that it's not as healthy as you think. When you talk about the cereals, I, I moved to Jamaica in uh, 99, right? Uh-huh. And one of the things I wanted to try was Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. And I saw the box and it said, lowers cholesterol. I'm like, okay, there we go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I was eating those like Skittles, like every day. Yeah. All day it, yeah. And never, not realizing what I was doing to my body because all everything else that was with it. And then they, I think eventually they had to change the label to say may lower cholesterol, what the case may be. But it doesn't change the fact that we have artificial flavoring. We have artificial, we have added sugars and so on and so forth. You know, we have, you know, kind of really, reading labels is very important in right. a couple, two, two or so episodes ago, it's on sugars. And uh, it's about how to record the history of sugars. I talk about where we started, how even sometimes sugar is used as medicine, like honey to where we are in modern day society. Right. And, um, but I brought up reading labels in, in, to, to identify added sugars. And you, you hint on some of this stuff. Like I look for words that end in OSC, you know, any kind of O's, even like, um, healthy, um, healthy drinks like kombucha is a fermented drink that's healthy right. for our gut. But depending on how that kombucha is prepared, it might right. have added sugars. You have to read your label. Yeah. Something that most people don't know. And I learned this maybe about a year and a half ago. That even now, some farmers even feed their cattle with candy, like M&Ms and Skittles. Oh, that I didn't know. And uh, it's, it's insane. Actually, I told one of my friends, and he was driving. He didn't believe me. And then he called me like the next week, and he said, I was driving, and there was a truck that turned over. And um, I, I had a bunch of candy in, the, like, candy in the back. And it wasn't a Skittles truck. It was a regular truck. And I, yeah. and I asked the guy, where is this truck going? And he said he was going to the local farm. <laughs> I was yeah. like, there, wow. there it is, right? Interesting. Because it, yeah, it, it, it fattens up the, the calf, or, the, or I should say the cow, and if I'm using the right word, faster, right. and it makes the milk um, sweeter. Oh, like you, Like you're talking about the added sugars in your dairy. So that's why going grass-finished is always going to be a better option. Right. In addition to that, have higher omega-3s versus omega-6s and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. If you had to put your finger on it, what are some habits that make it really hard for us to manage your weights. Just a couple that you can throw out there. One of them is a lack of physical activity. We, we have a lot of jobs nowadays, and even with the pandemic and everything, that it's mostly sitting down at home. Maybe in the eight-hour job that you do, you walk 500 steps just because you went to the bathroom a few times. So, so that is, is it's bad for your health in so many ways. The other habits that I, I think about is it's more like all cultural in terms of the way we eat and, and we get used to eating the same foods that we grew up with that may not be healthy. And, and you keep on eating the same things just because you're used to it. And that's where you, you're, you learn. So changing those habits are going to be helpful. You know, I have, a, I have a lot of people that it's, they still think that, you know, it's okay to have a big tall glass of fruit juice or fruit concentrate juice or something with their meal when they don't know that they're adding a whole bunch of calories to they're all whatever they're already eating and that puts a big barrier on on weight loss because all that calories that you're consuming extra that you're not actually counting on so i think there's multiple things that can be fixed in terms of habits you know we we get the habit of yo-yo dieting one of the things that you know hey I've, I've gained 50 pounds in the past two years i want to see if next month i could lose 25 and it's like no don't you can't look at it that way you're gonna the reason is yo-yo dieting is because you are going to go bounce back up where you were. I mean, if you focus on a lifelong journey instead of quick solution, you'll be healthier. You'll be looking better. You'll be feeling better. 
So, so that, that habit that we have in terms of I want immediate results, it's, it's not going to be successful. Right. And you know what? You touch on some very important things there because let's talk about the, 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 the juice. I'm from the islands, right? And we love our juice. Drinking juice as a child when you're going to go out there and play with your homeboys or your, yeah. your, you know, your girlfriends when you're done is one thing. Drinking juice and sitting at the desk all day is a right. whole different thing, right? <laughs> right? We start to say, well, sugars is bad or this is bad. It's not necessarily that the, what we're eating or drinking is bad. It's just that we're half as active, if, if that, yeah. of what we were before. Think about that since uh, video games have become a lot more popular. Right. Childhood diabetes, um, childhood obesity has skyrocketed, right. not just in the United States, but all, but all over the world, because we have to we have to tell kids to go outside and play now. Right, right. You know, when I was a child, every as soon as school is over, I go home, I change. You have to force me to do That's my homework, right. and I can't go outside and play until I finish my homework. So I try to right. finish my homework and go outside, and and you're not gonna go play without you go knock on your friend's door. Hey, is Johnny there? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, and and you would stay out there, and you would be playing and sweating and running and everything and 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 you never thought about uh you know let's let's go eat a whatever or drink whatever but but you were moving all the time so of course uh that juice is you know probably burned within the hour but you're right it's uh but that habit of of you know breakfast goes with my big tall glass of orange juice and then i'm going to sit in the computer to to start working then then it adds up in, in addition to that, and I know you can speak to this, the excess inflammation that's caused by that excess sugar as well. And the inflammation that's caused there not just affects our weight, but also oxidative stress, excess aging, and so on and so forth. Well, and that's, that's, when, you know, that's why complications with diabetes come up. It's, it's because the excess sugar that's going to be in your blood is actually toxic. You know, sugar is not meant to be in high quantities in your blood it's meant to be in your cells but when you consume so much uh sugar is toxic it's it's uh it affects other organs it affects your nerves it affects your blood vessels learn how to balance things and 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 the nutrition and everything you just said something that's key though you said it should, we shouldn't have excess sugar in our blood but in our cells so i'm assuming that our cells can interact with sugars so give us some information on that so basically you know one of the things is when you when your body makes sugar or you consume sugar, when it's in the blood, you want it in low quantities, um, which is why your body has a pretty strict range of sugar during you know at all times. Whatever numbers that go up higher, that's when your insulin says you can't be here. You got to go into the cells, and and the cells is taking it away from the blood and closing it and using it for energy. Um, and if you have excess energy, then the fat cells enjoy that. If you have enough energy, then you can maintain your weight. But, but if you have high levels of sugar, then it starts causing oxidative stress, inflammation. It starts being toxic to your body. Most of the things that it affects, because it's in the blood, it's your blood vessels. So, um, and that's in the blood vessels, the little tiny blood vessels that go to your feet, the, the ones that go to your kidney, the ones that go to your eyes. All those are the ones that start suffering first because of the toxicity of that sugar. Awesome. And well, let me not say awesome, but yeah, right, right. interesting, <laughs> interesting. There's the word. There's the word. And then we thought then that's when information spans out because it can affect, like you said, your eyes, it affects your tissues, it affects your joints, it affects right. your gut. And there's so there's just about every disease that we can think of. Information is related to it yes. at, on some level. 
Yeah. Even our immune system and our T cells, our, our T cells have a hard, the, the more information we have, the, mo the more our T cells have to fight off, which makes it more challenging for them. Right. No, yeah, it's, uh, it, inflammation is, is, you know, it's a very general term, of course, like, you know, inflammation can happen with, you know, uh, with stress, with, uh, with trauma, with disease, so autoimmune conditions. So there's a lot of things that could cause inflammation. Inflammation is linked to a whole bunch of other problems, and it's linked to heart disease, and it's linked to to intestinal problems. So keeping that at bay is going to be important um, overall. Yeah, and and I don't want people to think that inflammation is bad. Inflammation is a part of life. Right. You know, if you work out, you're going to have inflammation. Of Even course. with the foods that we eat, if we have omega six is inflammatory, omega three is anti, right? But it's a matter of just how with sugars, they're not bad. It's the excess. Exactly. And creating exactly. the inflammation through your diet is where right. you need to be careful. Right. Inflammation is the process that is starting, you know, when you get hurt or something, uh, inflammation happens so that the cells that are going to fight infection and recover that tissue can get there and fix the problem. So it's good temporarily. Right. And in your body's ability to respond to that inflammation is, is very important for your health profile. Right. So thank you so much, Ken. I mean, you provided a wealth of information today. Oh, no, my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. No, so tell, tell, us, tell us about how we can get in touch with you or even request your services. If you want to ask me any questions or, or contact me, probably the quickest way that you're going to get a response from me is actually going to be the, my Instagram account, which is uh, at uh, dr. Period Kenneth, K-E-N-N-E-T-H, period or dot, R-O-D, R-I-G-U-E-Z, that's Kenneth Rodriguez. And if you shoot me a message today, I'm pretty quick to answer. Also, there's a website, if, if you wanted to contact the website uh, of, our, of our office, which is floridaendocrine.com. That's uh, Florida and endocrine is E-N-D-O-C-R-I-N-E. -E. Also, there's our phone number there. Our phone number is 407-629-4901. You know, if anybody has any questions or, or anything, I receive messages from whoever. So as soon as I see it, long as it takes me to answer is a little bit less than 24 hours if I'm getting a message when I'm at work or something. But. And if anybody that, that was like really hard to follow, the information will be in the show notes and in the description of the show. So um, you'll be, and my bonus point, if you go on Kenneth's Instagram, you'll see it's here from like, what was it, 20 years ago? Exactly. That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I don't know if you, um, you've ever watched our Vampire Diaries, but there's a guy, yep. Stefan, that's who I thought about when yeah, I saw yeah, yeah. the hair. And I was the like, spiky yeah. hair. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a Puerto Rican Stefan right there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. So, so if anything, it's worth checking that out. I'm telling you. Thank you. But uh, thanks, Ken. I really appreciate it, man. You gave us some really good information, and I want, definitely want to have you in the show in the future. That, that would be great. Bye, Sam. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.